The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for being on our show today. Wow, what a great day we have in store for you because we have the one and only Noah St. John, and he moves us from a place of asking uh, or affirmative affirmations to a place of asking questions and aligning with what he calls affirmations. Noah, welcome to our show today. Well, thank you so much, Temple. Great to be back here with you again. Oh, I I always love having you on the show, just your energy and and your uh, positiveness and your attitude towards life, life itself is, is pretty powerful. And uh, congratulations on Hay House Publishing now representing your book. That's really great. Thank you. It really is an honor. And, you know, like you, I've been studying and in this industry for a long time and studying the, the, the greats. And, you know, of course, Louise Hay is one of the biggest names out there. And, you know, to be with Hay House is uh, it's just such an honor, and I'm just so humbled and thrilled. You know, I have a, a, a new book called the, the Book of Affirmations that's been published by Hay House. And um, it's just it's such an honor to, to be with Hay House um, because I remember back in the uh, mid or late 90s when I started really my spiritual journey reading books by Louise Hay and Catherine Ponder and Dr. Ernest Holmes and, you know, going to Science of Mind and Religious Science churches and Unity churches, uh, really, and I started going different places around the country and just learning about the nature of God and man and how, how to think, how to pray, how to, you know, that God and man are one. And I never heard that when I was growing up. I grew up in a church that basically told me that I'm nothing and I'm a sinner and I'm not good enough and nothing I do will ever be good enough and God definitely doesn't like me. And so, you know, that's what I, I just got a fed, a fed a steady diet of that my whole life. And so to hear things like that, you know, really changed my entire life um, because before then I was just very depressed all the time, very unhappy. And I, and I know now that a lot of that had to do with the fact that I just believe because I was told that nothing I did would ever be good enough. And as of course, I mean, it's pretty obvious when you look at it in, in hindsight that, well, of course that would make anybody pretty depressed. And so, you know, now that, uh, the, you know, the book of affirmations is being published, is published by, by uh, a great company like Hay House, uh, just, you know, the number one publisher of self uh, growth, personal growth books, uh, you know, on the planet. It's just uh, it's just amazing to see uh, you know the journey and how it's happened. So I'm just really thrilled and, and very humbled and honored. Yeah, well, I'm I'm your cheerleader out there in the field, and I am equally. I'm just so I'm so excited for you. It is it is pretty incredible, and I, I for me that's the whole purpose of doing this show called the Intentional Spirit, because um, as you and I know, because we work with the power of men. 
and calling in, you know, calling in what we desire and those kind of things. It's uh, it, it's profound because people that are intentional, you do wake up one day and you do arrive at a place that you dreamed of at some point in your life or had an image of or made a connection with. I can remember um, a friend I met many, many years ago of walking into her home and seeing how she lived and seeing how she took care of herself. And it was such a foreign thing to me because I, like you, grew up in a place of sabotaging and I wasn't enough or had lots of interesting conversation going on in the mirror. But I remember standing in that space and going, one day I'll have a life like this. Not a life like her because I don't want to be like anybody else, but in similar ways and fashion. And one day it's like, whoo, I was there. You know, it's like, wow, that did happen in my life. And that's what you support and teach people all the time is the power of how to draw that in and uh, give some of our uh, listeners. We've expanded in a lot more countries now. And even though you've been on the show before, um, Noah, give us a little bit of background and people some benefit of knowing the before and after Noah, before the flood and now after how you are. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's so funny because we have the new Russell Crowe movie coming out, Noah, and I, I'm so excited by that. Uh, I, I name recognition. Name hey. recognition. Take it wherever you can get it, right, my friend? Well, especially with Russell Crowe. I'm like, yeah, you know. So anyway, but, yeah, um, you know, I grew up poor in a rich neighborhood, and, and it sounds funny to say that. Some people think that's, you know, kind of funny, but... I grew up in a little town called Kennebunkport, Maine, which just happens to be one of the wealthiest communities in New England. But my family was dirt poor. And when I say that, I mean it literally. I mean, we lived at the bottom of this dirt road in a drafty, unfinished house. And, I mean, I remember my parents just what I remember most about my childhood is my parents arguing all the time and, of course, arguing about money. And the fact that we didn't have any and, you know, how are we going to eat and, and keep the lights on and so forth. And my parents worked really, really hard. I mean, you know, they were always working and sacrificed and, and all of that. They could just never really seem to get ahead no matter how hard they tried. So that's what I grew up with is that fear and lack and poverty and scarcity. But all around me in, in the little town I, I grew up in, I saw great wealth. So it was just a huge chasm, gap, dichotomy that I was painfully, painfully aware of growing up between the haves and the have-nots. And so I wanted a better life. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. I just didn't want that lack and fear and poverty and scarcity. That was all I knew, all I had ever grown up with, but yet I saw that there was another way. I just didn't know how to get there. It was literally across the street from me, but it seemed like, you know, a, a million miles away. And so I, if you would have gone to central casting and as for a nerd, you would have gotten me. You know, I had these Coke bottle glasses because I had really bad vision. I, I mean, I couldn't see. And so I, you know, I had these huge thick glasses and I had, uh, you know, just a face full of acne. I was a classic 98-pound weakling, skinny, scrawny kid. And, and I had, didn't have shoulder length hair. I had shoulder width hair. So I looked pretty funny. And as you can imagine, I was a total chick magnet at the time. So anyway, uh, no. <laughs> anyway, my point is that, uh, you know, as a, as a nerd, I really didn't know what else to do. So I just decided to go to the library. And, and that's what I did. I really just went to the library and kind of grew up in the library just reading books on, on personal growth, self-help, and, and spirituality, and, and, you know, success, you know, the classics, Dale Carnegie and Napoleon Hill and Stephen Covey and those, you know, on and on. And so I really tried to make that work. I tried to take what these books were saying and, and use them and try to be more successful in my life. But it really never seemed to work. I could never really seem to get ahead either. So it was really, really awful because I was like repeating what my parents had done. But it was actually worse because I was, had been reading all these books and it was even more frustrating because it was, you know, it'd be one thing to not be successful and not even really try, but I was trying really hard and I wasn't succeeding. 
So that was worse. And so what happened was I ended up, I was at 30 years old. I went back to college. It was my second time in college. I dropped out my first time. Went back to college to, you know, get my degree. I was a religious studies major at this time. I was 30 years old. I, by this time, I was divorced. I uh, had less than $800 to my name, and I was living in this tiny dorm room that was so small, if you stood in the middle of the room and put your arms out to both sides, you could touch the walls on both sides. And that was all of my worldly possessions in this tiny little room. So just imagine how frustrated that was, how frustrating and how frustrated I felt because, like I said, I had read all these books. I was trying really hard, and yet there I was. I felt like a total failure. So, of course, I was very discouraged and depressed and just (laughs) miserable. And so one night I was looking around my little dorm room, and I looked around, and I noticed that there were all these pieces of paper on the wall that I'd taped up on the walls that I had written all these positive statements on. Like, I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, I'm rich, I'm successful. And why had I done that? Well, because every book that I read said that's what you're supposed to do. And so, of course, I had done it because I wanted to be successful. But yet there were all these statements, and yet I wasn't any of those things. I certainly wasn't successful. I was anything but rich. I was not happy. I was miserable. I mean, at least I had my health. I wasn't unhealthy, but I was depressed all the time. So, I mean, it was like a slap in the face because not only am I not those things, I'm saying all these things, and I'm not those things. So that was even more frustrating. So, you know, the story that I talk about in the, in the book of Affirmations is I talk about the next day getting in the shower and having this epiphany. I call it the shower that changed everything. And I think <laughs> The flood of Noah. The flood of Noah. So probably everybody, I'm sure, listening can relate to having that aha moment in the shower, right? We've all had that, right? That moment in the shower and you go, aha, Eureka, that's it. I, you know, you're thinking about a problem or a question or is it some kind of issue you may be having, a challenge you're facing, and for some reason it's just you get that idea in the shower. So what I always say to my students is make sure you pay attention to those because who knows, that could really change your life, those, those aha moments. Well, in my particular case, what happened was I was thinking about all these things that I was just sharing with you that literally all these thoughts were rattling around in my head. And I started to say, well, gosh, you know, how come I've been doing everything they told me to do and it's not working? How come I'm not getting the results that I want even though I'm following everything they said? What is missing? What am I doing wrong? And as I was asking myself these questions, I realized that what are we talking about when we're looking at this? We're talking about beliefs because when we want to change our lives, of course, we have to change our beliefs, and that's totally true. But I said, well, what is a belief? Well, a belief is a thought, but what is a thought? And the more that I thought about it, I said, well, a thought, human thought, is really the process of asking and searching for answers to questions. For example, in fact, let me do this, and and, Temple, you and I have played this game before, but for those of you who may be listening for the first time, I want to play a fun little game with you. It will only take about 10 seconds, and I'm going to ask a question, and then I want you to see what happens, all right, everyone listening. All right, so here's the question. Why is the sky blue? Why is the sky blue? Now, do you know what just happened in your brain? For everyone listening, what happened is your brain started to search for an answer to that question. Isn't that true? It's kind of like a computer searching its files, right? When you have a computer and maybe searching for a file, or even like a Google search on the Internet. You're searching for a particular piece of information. And you type it in, you type in a query or a question. That's really what's happening. Well, in your brain, that's actually what just happened in those few moments. It's just, a, you know, a second or two. And I asked a question, and your brain instantly started to search for the answer. It basically went, the sky is blue because, I don't know. But <laughs> it's searching, right? It automatically does that. So I said, wait a second. If the human mind is automatically searching for answers to questions, why are we going around making statements that we don't believe? Why don't we just cut out the middleman? And, and this is what I want to get across, Temple, to, to your listeners, is that 
there's nothing wrong with the statements. It's not that there's something wrong with a statement, I'm happy, I'm prosperous, I'm rich, I'm wealthy, I'm successful. Of course there's nothing wrong with those. The problem happens when we don't believe the statements. And that is the issue. In, in the book I call it the belief gap. When you have a belief gap, when you are saying things that you just don't believe, what happens for literally millions of people is pretty much what happened to me. You're saying and doing all the things they told you to do, but because you have this belief gap, you don't get the result, which makes you even more frustrated. And so I realized that I was just like everyone else who had been taught all these things, that we weren't taught something that was wrong. It's just there was a missing piece. And that's how, in the shower that changed everything, I discovered and named this process, and I gave it a name, and I called it affirmations, A-F-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N. So at, not affirmations, but affirmations. And then, let's make a long story short, I started writing books about it and teaching people on the Internet. This was way back in 1997, 10 years before The Secret, you know, and many years before social media and YouTube and Facebook and all those other things that we have today. So what happened was just slowly but surely people around the world started to hear about it, started to, you know, get my books and other programs, and they started to get amazing results using my affirmations method, like, you know, losing weight, making more money, getting their books published, saving their marriages, uh, kids using affirmations to get better grades, sleep better, people who had been smoking for 20 years who couldn't quit smoking finally quit smoking using affirmations. So just amazing, amazing results. And, and it all started with, with an idea that I had in the shower. And I think that's just, you know, what's profound often is that uh, I'm sure you find it too with your life coaching and things is how quick people are to discount an idea. You know, something that can come through like just feeling the wind on your face and you get a, an epiphany, like you said. I, I love what one of the speakers, uh, Chandra Alexandra, says in, in the Tampa Bay area. If you have an epiphany and you don't do anything with it, it it's nothing grander than just having a conversation um, over happy hour. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I really like that. Well, I, I like talking to you, Noah St. John, uh, Hay House author of The Power of Affirmations. Um, I'm Temple Hayes, and you're listening today to uh, tools rather than rules that will allow you to have practical application in which you, too, can see in a greater way and hear in a way that matters so you can continue to be an intentional spirit and create a life with dreams, with awareness, and with possibilities. I want to thank all of you that continue to support Unity Online Radio. We indeed are a voice of an awakening world. We'll be right back. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. If you are a Gen Xer, Boomer, Elder, or a younger person, and you want to know more about and be better prepared to navigate the world you are living in and the world that lies ahead, then Do Not Go Quietly is a wonderful book for you. If you know that when you turn away from what you love and are passionate about, you limit yourself from achieving the very thing you came to this earth to accomplish, living the life you were born to live, then this book will resonate with you. So, no matter how old or young you are, if you want to use the time you have remaining, whether years or decades, to sing the notes that only you can sing in the great song, pick up your copy of Do Not Go Quietly 
and start making an even more joyful noise in celebration of your life. Do not go quietly. An award-winning, inspiring Hay House book. Available at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and your favorite bookstore. We know that God is the source of our prosperity, but how do we manifest it in our lives? We simply change our limiting patterns around money, relationships, and health. Then, naturally, our vitality goes up, and so does our cash flow. We start to live with purpose, sharing our unique ability. Join us on Prosperity Power Hour every Monday at 1 p.m. Central Time to claim your divine inheritance. Prosperity for all, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, and thanks everyone for being with us today. And as you know, we we live in a world that's both and, and, and how to find balance in the choices that we make in life and these tools that help and support us as intentional spirits. And, and for me, I uh, am very dedicated to the belief system that I have and the ways in which I practice, not only uh, in my own spirituality, but also in my shamanic journey And I always welcome some kind of new leading-edge concept that I can go, wow, that makes perfect sense to me. Let me work with that for three to six months. And so for those of you listening today that that you go, well, I like my affirmations and they work and I feel all aligned with them and I do them every day and I do my I love yous and all that. All I would say is work with this idea that Noah is representing uh, we've done it um, in my community. We've done it as a board. We've done it as a staff. Um, I do it in my life. Um, you know, what will it take to become a major philanthropist and be able to give to the animals and the children and the people? Because, you know, <laughs> there's so many different ways to help and support. And I love the way that Noah has this approach. So, Noah, just to highlight it. Um, because it, the interesting thing that keeps people often from moving from their knowing to their growing to their showing is they defend their positionality of what they already believe. And I like to say, you know, if you could just add a little flexibility in there and do both and, wow, you might be pleasantly surprised. You can always go back to the way that you know. But how do you know what you really know and you're willing to stand by it for the rest of your life if you've never tried anything else? To me, that just sounds like such common sense. So, Noah, uh, highlight it for us. Here we are. There's a thing called affirmation, which we know books have been written about, uh, orators have become famous for. There's affirmations. And then your process is affirm. Formations. Show us or declare for us the distinctions. Absolutely. And, and let me start out, and I, I love what you just said, Temple. I think you're right on the money. And, and let me just say in the beginning that um, I have never said and never will say that affirmations don't work. I want to be perfectly clear on that because, of course, they work. They've been shown to work for millions of people, as you just mentioned. I mean, and they've been, they have been taught for, you know, if not centuries, certainly decades, at least the last hundred years, let's call it. And I don't think that they would have been taught if they just didn't work. So it's clear that affirmations work for many, many people. The problem happens, what I have observed, is what I just mentioned to you, is that for millions of people who tried using affirmations, these statements, and they just didn't get the result that they were looking for. 
So what we always share with people, you know, who come to my company, SuccessClinic.com, is we say, listen, um, if your affirmations are working, by all means, keep using them. If you're a little bit frustrated or if you want to try something new, if you want to add something else to your toolbox, here's another tool for you called affirmations. So an affirmation is simply a statement of something that you want to be true. So a classic affirmation would be like what I was sharing earlier. I am happy. I am rich. I am successful. I am prosperous. What happens for many people, however, is when they say these positive statements, what happens is you bang up against your own brain. Now, what I mean by that is your brain, this part of it anyway that we're discussing, is essentially a true-false mechanism. So you say something like, I'll just give a classic statement or affirmation, I am rich. You say, I am rich. Now, what's your brain going to say? Well, for many of us, your brain's going to say, no, you're not. It's going to fight you. It's going to say, I call this in the book, I call it the yeah, right response. Because your brain basically goes, yeah, right. You know, and it, it literally, and I've, I've done this experiment in uh, hundreds of seminars, or, you know, around the world, really. And, you know, people actually laugh. You know, they just start laughing because their brain is going, oh, yeah, right. I don't see it, buddy. You know, I literally don't believe what I am saying, you see. So, the, what we have been taught in traditional success literature is that if you don't believe your statements, all you have to do is repeat them over and over and over until you believe them. Now, that's perfectly fine, and if it works, by all means, keep doing it. What I am presenting with the affirmations method is just simply another way to use your brain, and it's by dint of using questions. Now, as I showed you earlier in, you know, in the first uh, part of the program, we just did a very quick, simple, easy exercise where I asked you a question, and you actually proved it to yourself, everyone listening, that when you ask a question, your brain has to search for the answer. And that is, in fact, called, I didn't know this at the time, Temple, when I discovered affirmations in the shower, it was April 24, 1997. I didn't know it at the time. But as I've been teaching affirmations to people, around, well, we're in over 120 countries now, uh, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of people in over 120 countries. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to just work with so many amazing, amazing, wonderful people. And what I found in doing research on this is that there is actually a term for this called the embedded presupposition factor of the brain. Now, that's just a fancy way of saying, psychologists, you know, came up with this term to basically say, when you ask a question, your brain searches for the answer. So what happens is, and I think one of the things that makes affirmations very powerful and, frankly, extremely effective, is that when you ask a question, your brain has to search for the answer, whether you like it or not or whether you try or not. So what invariably happens, what, what, what's happening with many, many people, is they are unknowingly and unwittingly asking disempowering questions. Now, what's a disempowering question? Well, a disempowering question is exactly what it sounds like. It is something that takes away your power to act. So let's take uh, a classic, again, another example. Like, why am I so dumb? You know, why can't I do anything right? How come nothing ever works out? How come I can't lose weight? Why can't I make any more money? Why can't I grow my business? How come I can't get any more customers? How come I never get a promotion at work and everybody's promoted over me? Do you see all these are examples of what I'm calling disempowering questions? And what does it do? It literally robs you of your own power to act. Let me give you an example, uh, a story I like to share. It's actually from Peanuts, you know, the cartoon Peanuts with Snoopy and yes. Charlie Brown? Okay, so there's a, there's, a, there's a classic Peanuts cartoon where, you know, Peppermint Patty and, and Lucy, uh, no, I'm sorry, Peppermint Patty and uh, Marcy, you know, her friend Marcy with the glasses, okay? So they're walking home from school, and Peppermint Patty says to Marcy, you know, when you have a big nose, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, I know my teacher doesn't like me because I have a big nose. And see, I got an F on this paper, and I know it's because I have a big nose. 
And Marcy says, well, let me look at that paper, sir. You know how she always calls him, sir, or her, sir. So she says, let me look at your paper, sir. And, and she goes, sir, there's nothing on this paper. It's totally blank. You didn't even write anything on it. And Pepper and Patty goes, see, I told you, when you have a big nose, there's nothing you can do. You see, the point of the story is she didn't even try. Peppermint Patty had an assumption. She assumed, well, because I have a big nose, I know I'm going to get a bad grade anyway, so why even try? You see my point? Isn't that how so many of us are? And we go through our lives saying, see, why bother? I know I can't do it because I'm too old. I've made too many mistakes. I've tried everything. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. And isn't it incredible? We give ourselves all of these reasons why we can't do things, which literally means we are finding the answers to our disempowering questions. So that's a long-winded way of saying when you ask disempowering questions, guess what? You're going to find the disempowering answers, and that's going to lead you to a life that you don't want. Now, what with affirmations, what you can do now when you use affirmations, what an affirmation is, is an empowering question. So it's very simply the reverse of those lousy, disempowering questions that most people are unwittingly asking themselves. So here's a great example. Um, in fact, I'll give you a, a true life example. Uh, we had a client named Cecilia who came to us from Florida, and she was told since she was a child that she was obese. She had been labeled that, you know, put the label on her obese, right? And her assumption was, I can't lose weight. So she, by the time, you know, she was in her uh, you know, 30s, she was very obese. I mean, she was, you know, over 400 pounds. And so what happened was she had, of course, tried to lose weight and tried these diets, but in her head was the message, I can't lose weight. So the disempowering question she was asking unwittingly, unknowingly, was how come I can never lose weight? So a friend told her about affirmations, and Cecilia you know, got my program. She got the book. She got her different online programs, and she started using affirmations. Well, long story short, she realized, first of all, the disempowering questions she was, had been asking herself, number one. Number two, she started to change them to empowering questions, and bottom line is, Cecilia lost over 180 pounds after learning how to ask better questions. And she, this is the great news of the story, she's kept it off for the last three years. Ever since she's been using affirmations, she's never gained it back. That's just one example. That's powerful. The, the one thing, too, I, I love about your organization is that you actually get data that proves uh, and measures how things are working. That that's one of the things I've always feel uh, felt has been a ma- uh, a missing in new thought is that we don't collect enough stories about the miracles about people that had cancer and it didn't show up on the X-ray or the child that was um, dyslexic that now is healed or you know whatever. But we we don't keep enough of that data. I think that's one reason that initially uh, Louise Hay moved to such a profound level is because they started keeping up with the progress that was made on behalf of the AIDS uh, individuals in LA and they started getting powerful results. I mean, she's been powerful since birth, I'm sure. But on the other hand, you know, she became known for that. Uh, People want results and I think that's The thing is that um, you talk a lot about the power of belief and about how that ties into either what we're proving as a result of what we want or what we what we don't want. Talk to us about that. Well, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more, Temple. And, you know, I I guess I'm just a, a, a practical, simple guy. And I like what works. I don't like theories. I don't like. You know, just kind of sitting here. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I can meditate and, and contemplate with the best of them, but I really like what works. I, and, I, you know, that's one of the reasons I, I shared my story earlier and I share it with my audiences because I want people to realize that, you know, this teaching, my teaching came from years of frustration, of pain, of, of depression, of not getting what I wanted, not knowing why I'm here on earth. 
And, you know, that's a lousy way to go through life. And I just felt empty for all those years. And, and now that I was given this teaching, my, my belief is that I was given the teaching to give to the rest of the world, to because I really believe this, that if more people used affirmations, we really could change the world. When you look at the problems facing the planet, not just the human race, but the planet Earth, because of what the human race has done to mess it up pretty good, um, you know, we're at a crossroads here. You know, <laughs> I'm talking on the planet, and I think we all know that. So my point is that we need to ask better questions. We need to find solutions to these global, very serious, possibly cataclysmic problems that we have. So, you know, I, I'm not making light of this when I say that our formations really could change the world and can. And, and you know, they have to, to a degree in the sense that when, when families, when, when married people, when business owners find out about it and start using it and start using their brain, that's what's so exciting is that it's the same brain you already have. You don't have to change anything about yourself. You don't have to go through, you know, years of therapy, for example. Um, you know, I have literally had people in my audience this temple who said, you know, I've, I have been in therapy for 20 years, and you just fixed me in a half an hour. Now, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not taking any credit for that. I mean, it's, it's very humbling, and I'm honored to hear things like that. But my point is that it's your brain. And I really, it's pretty obvious, none of us were really taught how to use our brain properly. You know, at least most of us weren't. You know, Absolutely. No and, and, school, you know? <laughs> and there are a lot of uh, speakers and radio hosts and people out in the world that they're just all about promoting themselves. But, you know, what, what the, the truth is, is that we aren't talking about the messenger here. We're talking about the message. That's one reason that traditional Christianity, to my, in my opinion, kind of missed the mark. They need to be talking about the message and working towards living it rather than just talking about the messenger and what they think the messenger may have may not said or the message may, messenger may have may not have done. And, and that's what I admire about you because I, I feel it. I empathize. I empathize with myself because I have such a passionate message that I want to be out in the world. The message, you know, I as a person, I'm, I'm shy. I'd be happy just staying at home or being a Walmart greeter, you know, or something like that. But that's not what my path picked, you know. So I do what I can to get the message out in the world. And I, I think that's a strong distinction. I want to tell uh, our listening audience a way in which I used affirmations, which was really powerful and was able to get me the results that I was looking for. And I'm going to share that when we come back right after break. For those of you that are listening and, and in various countries, I want to remind you that Unity Campus, that we have online messages that you can listen to either live at unitycampus.org or you can listen to them throughout the week on, on the video files and love to have you be part of our message which is talking about we truly believe of peace and the value of lives and individuals and how we can all do small things which lead to large things. We'll be right back after this short break. You ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. 
pop culture is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as modern popular culture transmitted via mass media and aimed particularly at younger people. But can it be meaningful? Spiritual even? The hosts of Pop Conscious think it can be, and that it can be fun to explore, too. Milena Dawn, Stacey Macris Ross, and Scott Pomeroy will be your amateur cultural anthropologists, examining pop culture and spirituality every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on Pop Conscious on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much for being part of our show today as I'm talking with Noah St. John. Um, NoahStJohn.com is his website, and I would urge you to go online and you will be able to get the first chapter of his book about affirmations for free you can dabble into it and look at how you can use it for your life i know i wanted to tell you a a personal story as well as our audience of of what happened to me not long ago is that i started going to uh the county commissioner's meetings here uh in the beautiful city of st petersburg florida because i'm an advocate for animals i'm an advocate for a lot of things but animals too and on this particular meeting uh it was about uh, our goal is to have a a no-kill county and uh so i went to the meeting and i had I've gone to the meetings before. I've been invited to do prayers and things like that. But I've never been a citizen speaking on behalf of something. And I observed how everybody's approach was they would go up to the panel microphone and they would talk to the eight people and they would talk at them and they would talk angrily at them and they would affirm at them. And a lot of times I wondered, like, are they even listening to the people? I mean, they look like they're just kind of, their heads are down, and you know, da-da-da-da-da. And so um, I didn't really think about it at the time of, oh, my gosh, I was using affirmations. But what happened was I had gone one week, and I said, I feel very passionate about this. And I gave kind of a little Martin Luther King speech, and I said, I will be back, and I'll bring others. And they went, Reverend Hayes, we get you well. Okay, that's wonderful. But the next time I was invited to speak, I got up, and I said, you know what? I am not going to talk today. What I am going to do is I'm going to ask you questions. How many of you have pets? And they all smiled really big and they all raised their hand and they all looked at each other. And I said, and you really care about animals, don't you? Tell me how you care about them. And then they started sharing. And I went, what would it take for us to become known as the city that sets the standard for all cities about us finding solutions that have helped with the animals, the cats and dogs of our city. How would you feel if we were listed as one of the top cities in the world that found a solution towards the issues with ongoing cats and dogs? How would that make you feel? And that was an affirmation, and it was incredible seeing them engaged. They were interactive. They were on fire. They were thinking about it. They were talking to me about it. And uh, the other people were like, wow, you know, how did you get them to be that way? I was like, well, I didn't talk at them. You know, I gave them a forum to think about it for themselves. And uh, so anyway, I wanted you to know that was just, uh, it was just really huge um, and how great results came from that because of that process. That's a wonderful story. I am, I'm so thrilled. I'm, I mean, I'm getting tears in my eyes. That is so beautiful. And, of course, with a name like Noah, you know we have to care about the animals. So that is even better. <laughs> I just love it. I'm so thrilled. That's wonderful. Good. Yeah, it's, well, it's true. So it's, uh, it's really good. So talk to us about about your work and, and what are some of the goals of your work and uh, are you going to be doing a radio show at some point? 
I'd be happy to do a radio show. I mean, I'd be honored. You know, Unity, both Unity and Science of Mind, which I, you know, call new thought, which I think is a pretty accepted term. Um, you know, I started with new thought with Science of Mind. That's why I always have to include it, because when I lived in North Hollywood, California, back in the uh, early 90s, that's when I started. And you know, as I shared earlier, you know, I grew up in a church that told me I wasn't good enough that, you know, God was this old white guy with a beard out there somewhere and he doesn't like me. You know, that's that's what I was taught, you know, since I was zero. So, you know, to come to a place that, which was the first time I'd ever heard it, it says God is right where you are. Right. And you know, I really, it really, I really took to the teachings of Dr. Ernest Holmes, who wrote The Science of Mind, that he talked about, it very logically, I guess I'm, again, being a nerd, I'm just a, one of those logical guys, and, and, you know, I like logic. And it was just a logical thing that when I first heard the, the idea that, well, you can't have God and something else. If you have God and something else, then you have not God. And I'm like, well, that just makes total sense to me. Because if God is God, then God has to be all that is. Otherwise, you have not God. I'm like, wow, I never thought of it that way before. That's... That just makes total sense. And then, and then, of course, the logical progression from that is, well, if God is all that is, then God has to be right where I am, which was completely the opposite of what I was taught. I mean, I was taught God was up there and doesn't like me. So, I mean, the fact that God, or the, just the idea that God could be here and be, we are one, and, you know, the analogy that, you know, I'm sure many of us have heard is it's like the wave and the ocean. You can't separate the wave from the ocean, but the wave isn't all that the ocean is. So I'm certainly not saying or suggesting I am God or I am all that God is, but God and I are one, like God and you and God and everything is one. That's the only thing that makes any sense. And so... I went, oh, my gosh. So I just really took to that idea very strongly. It, it completely changed you know, my life. And so now with the, you know, with, with my discovery of formations, you know, we have what in, in my, in our, you know, my company, SuccessClinic.com, we have uh, what we call our 2020 vision, which is by the year 2020, we want to have taught 10 million people around the world how to use formations. That's a very, very huge lofty goal. And, you know, I don't know if we'll get there, but you know, with the, the people that we have, the people that have already used affirmations, you know, and they, of course, once you have an idea that you get excited about, you know, like, like you, Temple, you, you tell people about it. You share it. It's like if you go to a movie that you like and you, you tell people about it. So it's the same kind of idea. And so, you know, that's one of our goals. And then another 2020 goal that we have is to, to have helped a 1,000 new people become millionaires using affirmations and my Power Habits system. So Power Habits is another, you know, a program that I teach along with affirmations. So those are, you know, two of the kind of flagship uh, holes that we have for, for our goals. And that, you know, that's really what it's about is, is to raise the consciousness of the Earth at this crucial juncture uh, in our planet, uh, in our planet's history. So really, that's what it's always been about for me. I, 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 you know, you said a moment ago that it's about the message, not the messenger, and I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I heard a minister, a friend of mine many years ago, say that what happens is somebody starts to point the way and we start worshiping the finger. Mm-hmm. And, and I always remembered that because I'm like, you know, it's never been about me. However, you know, in today's society with, uh, you know, the, the celebrity culture that we have, we have to do things like you. You and I are very much the same. I mean, I, I'd be I, what I, would make me happy is just sitting in the library and reading books all day. I'm perfectly happy doing that. In fact, that's exactly what I would just do all day, every day, to sit in the library and read books. But you know, that doesn't pay the bills. It doesn't help people really. It doesn't get the message out. So, like you, I, I am called to do these things that I'm not really comfortable with. That I have never been comfortable with, like you know, promoting myself and all these things that you, frankly, have to do in order to get your, your word out. So I guess uh, I'm a public introvert is, is the, you know, the, the phrase mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh, so, yeah, you know, I'm, and, I'm and, the same and way. 
I'm the same way. I was at a convention not too long ago, and and a guy looked at me, and there was the big poster, and my face was on it, and the cards, and the this, and the that, and he said, it's so neat, you know, how comfortable you are, you know, with doing all this, and I said, well, that's an assumption. I'm not comfortable (laughs) doing all this, but I had to surrender that. Yes, indeed. Well, right, exactly. I am very introverted, you know, so don't make that assumption. You know, I just push myself to go beyond my comfort level just because um, that's what it takes, you know, is to be out there and to to give that. So I'm I'm trusting and knowing that that's touching someone out there because I think that that's an assumption we make about a lot of people that step into public life. It's not because they need to be validated or... They're trying to work out their family woundology. Sometimes it's just because they believe so passionately and, and what they're doing. And um, But with me, even when I would try to be quiet, Noah, or I'd go to an AA meeting and, you know, not want to even be seen uh, necessarily, the speaker would not show up. <laughs> they, would ask right. do, they would ask me not, uh, you know, to do the talk. And I'm like, right. okay, well, I can resist this, uh, you know, all my life or I can just – Go ahead and do the hokey pokey and put my whole self in. So I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, you have put your whole self in. I've, I admire your dedication and your passion uh, to your work and, and, and believing, you know, so strongly and, and seeing results for people. First of all, because you've seen them in your own lives. And, and I think that's a key message for, people out there is that whatever you represent, you know, make sure it's working in your own energy field. Um, and that way you're, you're willing to stand by it and you're willing to put yourself out there. If, even though you're shy or you're willing to take a stand, even though it's not always easy, uh, because you believe in, you know, what you have. Um, often when people look at unity, and they go, well, how can these principles work when, you know, over there in that country and that happened and those people are suffering over there? And I said, you know, the way to approach anything is to have it work in your own life first, <laughs> you know. And then from that perspective, then you can envelop other things and, and other awarenesses. Well, in our, our final thoughts, Noah, it's hard to believe our time goes by so quickly. People continue can continue to follow Noah on noahstjohn.com. I'd love you to visit my website, templehaze.org. Find out about the work that I'm doing in the world. And Noah, final notes, final thoughts. What would you like to leave us with today? I would like to leave a message that everyone listening, everyone here, has so much more power than you think. You are so much more powerful than you think right now. You are creating your life through your thoughts. And your thoughts are very, very powerful. And so I would just invite you to, if you want to try out affirmations, as Temple mentioned, when you go to noahstjohn.com, I'll just give you the first chapter of the book for free, and you can just check it out and see what you think about it. And if you like it, of course, you know, get the book and share it with friends. But I just want to share with you that you have so much more power than you think, and I just invite you to open up to that power, start asking better questions, and uh, and keep performing. Well, Noah, it's been a pleasure. Keep on with your affirmations. They certainly are working in your life. For everyone listening, thank you so much for being part of the show. Often people call in or email and ask, you know, what can we do to, to, to help Unity Online Radio? Share the podcast with your friends and people that you connect with on social media because together we can all get the message of unity out in a world, a world that is longing to be changed by people's world changing. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Noah. You bet. My pleasure. Thank you for tuning into The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www 
www.templehays.org. Spirituality into your own hands? Bucking corporate religion in favor of finding your own path? Do you cross the boundary between religion and science? Or between religions themselves? Do you like a dose of humor with your truth-seeking? If you answered yes, you're what we call a holy rascal. Join Rabbi Rami Shapiro for How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Central. Rami and his guests will engage in lively, humorous discussions about what it means to be a spiritual human being in the 21st century. How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m., only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Things may happen around you, Things may happen to you, but the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Rev. Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, It's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. If I were brave, I'd walk the races where fools and dreamers dare to tread and never lose faith. How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream? Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. 
I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.